PKS 34 is powered by Cliff Central, uncensored, unhinged, and unradio. Hello and welcome to the Digital Kung Fu Show, a podcast and video cast for startup founders and entrepreneurs. Even if you're alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs across the world hustling today's markets. At Digital Kung Fu, we have one goal, to help entrepreneurs succeed in their ventures through information sharing, digitally connecting them with other entrepreneurs, and by dissecting and deconstructing the world's leading business minds right here on this show. Remember, you can view the full show notes on our website at digitalkungfu.co. Dot ZA or tweet this show using our handle at digital kung fu ZA or follow us on facebook.com slash digital kung fu ZA. Hey guys, Matt here. Uh, so today's show is going to take a little bit of a different format. I'm calling it the Soapbox. The Soapbox is really a platform for me to explore with you some of my own views on business. And the reason why I'm introducing it into the show is because of two things. One, I have committed to you to give you great content every week. And two, it's because it's not as easy as it sounds to get guests on. <laughs> These guys are heavy hitters, the majority of them, and are super busy as are you guys. So, um, yeah. So this is really a new way for me to give you great content. And hey, if you guys get to know me a bit better in the process, why not? So without further ado, let's get started with the first edition of The Soapbox. So today I want to talk about culture, uh, because for me, culture eats strategy for breakfast every time. And I think this is especially true in the world of startups. So I liken um, a startup to flying a plane and then attempting to build the engine in (laughs) midair. The engine in this case is the team and culture that powers the plane, but without the right culture, startup founders can quickly see their perceived concord unravel and turn into the business equivalent of the Hindenburg disaster. So when you look at culture versus strategy, the reality is that um, a startup strategy is often forced to adapt to shifting market conditions, changing customer needs, and to an increasing extent, disruptive competition. But regardless of the strategy, it still requires a team and ultimately culture to drive its agenda internally and its execution in the marketplace. So um, in my interviews, which you guys have been a great uh, part of with some of the world's leading CEOs and entrepreneurs, the influence of culture is often credited with playing a key role in business success. And have a listen to the Jason Zanopoulos interview where we unpack the underlying dynamics of what it actually takes to create a culture, um, a successful culture in business today. It's ironic, though, that even though a high performance culture is a critical aspect of succeeding in business, founders commonly overlook and often underappreciate its role in building and running a successful business. So in my experience, both in the startup and corporate space, the influence of culture is directly proportionate to the degree of competition in the market. It should not be ignored. So there are seven pillars that I'd like to um, table with you um, about what I think it takes to land a successful business culture. So what is a business culture? Well, a business culture can also be described as an expression of the dysfunction of management. The strategic management function is critical in creating and developing a winning culture. And here is my view on how to do just that. The first thing you need is a landmark methodology. So one of the more common methodologies is the Lean Startup Methodology by Eric Ries. And it's designed to eliminate the uncertainty in the product development process by validating iterations of product developments with customers. 
It has become the status quo in terms of building a new startup. So for me, while it is an excellent methodology in the product development context, the value and impact of culture dwarfs the value that is created by something like the Lean Startup methodology. Let's take Steve Jobs, for example. Imagine if he attempted to validate the iPhone using the Lean Startup methodology. So my guess here is that it simply wouldn't work. And what really differentiates Apple in my view, is their innovations-led culture and their unique approach, which is effectively think different, to product innovation and its underlying business model are those things that really do make Apple different. And it is what fundamentally makes them the company that they are today. I recently interviewed the serial entrepreneur, Vinnie Lingham, and he said, if Henry Ford asked his customers what they wanted, they probably would have said, faster horses. When startups are establishing a play on the edges of what's known to be possible, it becomes increasingly harder to validate ideas. This puts a greater emphasis on the engine, and by that I mean the culture of the business, to redefine what innovation means and the categories within which they operate. The second thing you need is a compelling narrative. Now, the human brain is hardwired for stories. We find messages that are framed as stories more memorable easy to understand and convincing, hence why podcasts, I think, in my view, are so, ex- are so successful. But because of this, a brand story is equally important to its customers as well as to the staff that serve them. Seeing things through the lens of narrative can lend a startup's culture meaning and texture, and they can galvanize a team around a single purpose and goal. To quote Elon Musk, quote, a company is just a team of people working towards the same goal. End quote. His space exploration company SpaceX has one ridiculously compelling narrative to enable humans to become a multi-planetary species. Besides showing that innovation is truly iterative, their attempts at creating reusable rockets is a classic narrative, which they uniquely own. And it's a narrative that speaks volumes to their business culture and ambition. So the third thing you need is a forward-looking business model. And we often talk about business model innovation and design on the show. And there's a quote that I love to share, and it's this. Quote, if the rate of innovation inside your company is slower than the rate of innovation outside it, then you're likely to run into trouble, end quote. Disruptive competition is most definitely on the rise, and this is especially true in developing economies like Africa. And so legacy traditional business models are paying a heavy price because of it. It's why accelerators like Startup Bootcamp, Startup Grind, Barclays Tech Lab, Techstars, and all these kind of programs really work so well. But the same can be said for startups. So even if you have first mover advantage, it's likely that before long you'll be joined on the beachhead by a competitor who's learned from your initial mistakes and has since come up with a shiny new and improved product and business model designed with the sole purpose of eating into your hard-earned market share. So future-proofing a business relies heavily on business model innovation. In other words, the process of defining new ways to deliver existing products to existing customers using existing technology. And a tool that I found helpful is the business model canvas. It's an attempt at providing a common framework that all businesses can use to create new or improve upon their existing business models. The fourth thing you need is a powerful belief. Now, one of the more striking commonalities between successful CEOs and entrepreneurs that I've interviewed is their unwavering belief in what they are doing in business. 
Successful founders and executives use belief to inspire mass corporate action and to align organizational behavior towards a common goal. To quote Steve Jobs, quote, a lot of companies have chosen to downsize and maybe that was the right thing for them. We chose a different path. Our belief was that if we kept putting great products in front of customers, they would continue to open their wallets, end quote. The fifth thing you need is a striking motto. Now, mottos have been used to express cultural beliefs for centuries, from America's In God We Trust to Airbnb's A World With No Strangers, Apple's Think Different, which we spoke about, and Nike's Just Do It. They are simple but essential forms of communicating cultural beliefs. Mottos, or slogans as they are often known, imparts a key message into the minds of consumers and most importantly the staff that serve them. The sixth thing you need is a strategic vocabulary. The enablement of a strategic vocabulary in a business culture goes a long, long way to driving the organization's collective understanding of a top-down business strategy. In the last episode, Vincent uh, McGuenia spoke a lot about business strategy and its relationship to public relations. So one could even argue that it is a precursor to the strategic alignment of disparate business functions like PR and ultimately the enablement of business performance through collaboration. Creating and implementing strategies that ultimately create value for customers, stakeholders and shareholders all need to be aligned with a broader vision and communicated in a similar fashion and at all customer touch points, whether they belong uh, online or offline. So it is vital that executives give their staff the tools and training they need to acquire their own rich strategic vocabulary as it relates to specialized departmental functions and disciplines. The seventh thing that you need is an open talent policy. Now, we all know as entrepreneurs that businesses with the best people win, period. So an open talent policy should creatively address the way that startups acquire, develop, reward and retain their staff in order to address the future of work. This means that employers and employees must come to terms with a new working environment in which flexibility, adaptability take priority over job security long-term employment, structured environments, and standardized roles. A fresh approach should be adopted by startup founders so that their staff can enjoy better work-life balance, autonomy, and career control. So what does this all mean? Well, there's a saying that I love. It's early to bed, early to rise, work like hell, and merchandise. But take heed of your culture. It's important to get it right in order to truly enable disruption and challenge the status quo. Till next time, keep hustling with Digital Kung Fu. Remember that the Digital Kung Fu Show is now on iTunes, so head on over there now and leave us a review. You can also catch the Digital Kung Fu Show on player.fm, Stitcher, and cliffcentral.com. Thanks for listening to the Digital Kung Fu Show. If you'd like to check out more episodes and get access to our growing community of entrepreneurs working together to succeed in business, then please visit our website at www.digitalkungfu.co.za. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients 
clients, Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.